My name is Andrew Gomison, and it is my privilege each and every Wednesday to host the Speaking for Him podcast. I'm so grateful that you have chosen to spend this time with me, and I hope that you will find it to be an encouragement on this journey that we call the Christian life, because it is a marathon and not a sprint, and we need each other. One of the things that I have loved my whole life is reading. I'm so glad that my mom took the time to teach me to read, and it really has been a gift to me, primarily because I've spent my life waiting for rides or waiting for my parents to get home or waiting for my brothers to get back from more active activities, and books have always been a constant companion. As long as I have a book with me, I am not alone and I am not bored. And I'm so grateful that that was instilled in me early. My mom read me classics like Beverly Cleary's Ramona and her Ralph S. Mouse books. She read me The Littles. She read me The Little House on the Prairie books. She read me E.B. White with Charlotte's Web, The Trumpet of the Swan, and Stuart Little. And I'm so grateful for a reading mother uh, because that fostered in me a desire to read. And out of that desire to read came the Speaking for Him book club. I was at a place several years ago in the podcast where I kind of hit a wall and didn't really know what I was going to share with my audience next. And I got this idea through talking with my good friend Naomi Van Harn that maybe I should do a book club before speaking for him. And one of the really fun things about the book club was getting the opportunity to bring Naomi into the studio and talk about these books. We chose four books a year. I think we did it for like four or five years. Four books a year in four different distinct categories, one of which was classic fiction. And I think one definition that I like about classic fiction is books that everyone talks about but nobody reads. And I think that really typified my approach to the books that I chose to read in the classic category for the book club. They were books that I had talked about reading or had thought about reading or loved in one form or another. I think one of the first books we did for the book club in the classic category was Jane Eyre. And one of the reasons that that was chosen was because I was familiar with the story through watching it in a play. And so it resonated with me, but I had never actually picked up the book to read it. So it was really neat to read that classic book along with other classic books and to read. I think the categories were contemporary fiction and then uh, nonfiction and specifically Christian growth. So we had uh, these four categories and it was just a blessing uh, to read these books together. Naomi is at a place in her life where she's busy with the responsibilities of being a wife and a mother as well as a good daughter-in-law. Um, and so she is not able to join in the podcast right now. But my love for books has not waned. And so the last few years, I've tried to bring you my five best books of the previous year. And I have undertaken the practice in the last five years or so to write down every book that I read, which gives me the opportunity to then come to you 
with a list of my favorites. Now, I call this episode some of the best books of 2023 for a couple reasons. Number one is because I have a real hard time deciding what my favorite books are. Every once in a while, there will be a book that totally knocks my socks off and it goes on to my all-time favorite book list. But usually, I read so many books in a year and I like most of them. So it's really hard to definitively say these are the best. So that's why I say some of the best books. But another reason is because I know that you, the listener, may have a totally different type of book that you like to read. And so you might have five books that were some of the best books that you've read this past year that I never even thought about reading. On that note, if you have any that you would like to share, please don't hesitate to reach out with the contact information that will roll at the end of the show. I'd love to get some feedback on what your favorite books that you read last year were, and I may even share those details on a future episode of the podcast. So please reach out either by email or by clicking on the right-hand side of my blog and leaving a voicemail for us. So I'm excited to jump into this list with you, but first let's have our quote of the day. Our quote of the day comes from one of my favorite classic writers, and that is Jane Austen. And I really enjoy her books. I actually assistant directed a play um, based on one of her books called Christmas at Pemberley. And that was five years ago now, and I really enjoyed that. I've just always enjoyed uh, romance and stories that were the stuff of life. And so Jane Austen has always resonated with me. And she says about reading, I declare after all, there is no enjoyment like reading. How much sooner one tires of anything than of a book. When I have a house of my own, I shall be miserable if I have not an excellent library. And again, that is from Jane Austen. And I'm so privileged to have grown up around books and to have a love for reading that I do. And so I want to jump right into this top five list. The first one is called Hold On, But Don't Hold Still. And this is by Christina Kuzmik. And I know that I have mispronounced her name, but this lady is a very hilarious comedian um, who really loves her children. And she just wrote this book and spoke candidly about what it was like to be a parent. First a single parent, and then she found a man that was willing to uh, marry her with the chaos of her family. And she uh, put him through the ringer, but he stayed with her, and he and he loved her even through the chaos. And I just really liked the candor with which she wrote, writing about how her first 
relationship failed and how she struggled as a single mom and then how she was given the blessing of having a new husband who loves her and her children unconditionally and she writes with humor and I will say right here that this is not an overtly Christian book um, but I really felt like it was a very well written book and it really speaks to the struggles that every family has of knowing how to raise kids right being afraid of making mistakes but then also realizing that your kids can learn from your mistakes and you can learn from your mistakes and your family can grow. So I really liked it. And I use a website called Goodreads uh, as one of the ways that I track my reading and it gives you the opportunity to write reviews. And so one of the ways that these five books stuck out to me is that they are actual books that I wrote reviews on through the process of the year. And so this is what I wrote about Hold On But Don't Hold Still. I said, this is a great book. It has humor and heart. It is very honest. I think you will really like it. It has a lot to say about parenting and family. Another thing that's good about this book is that it's very simple, very easy to read. It's not a long read. I know some people that aren't natural readers are like, how do I know what book to pick up? How will I know this is worth it? You know, will it be complicated? Will it be hard? And I have to say that this is a very simple, engaging read. It really does feel like a conversation with a friend. And so I wholeheartedly uh, recommend this book. Now, she not everything that she talks about will be applicable. Uh, but again, I think it's a very well done book and I think that you will enjoy it and be blessed and I know her hope is that you will learn that it's okay to not be okay that it's okay not to be perfect and that you can still be a high quality parent who raises good kids even if you are not perfect because the reality is that none of us are and so if we can admit it and embrace the imperfections of life and seek God's grace and help in time of need, then we will be better than the people who think that they have perfection when in reality they don't because no one does. There's only one person who ever lived on the earth that fulfills perfection, and that is Jesus Christ. And none of us can live up to his standard of perfection. That's why he came to fulfill the law, because we couldn't. That's an important thing to keep in mind. The next book that I have to share with you is a little bit along similar lines, and it's A Little Closer to Home by Ginger Z. For those that may not know, I live in West Michigan, um, a little bit outside of Grand Rapids, about 45 minutes outside of Grand Rapids, but I was raised in the Grand Rapids area, and there was a young lady by the name of Ginger Z who was a meteorologist for our local ABC affiliate, 
Channel 13 in Grand Rapids for several years. She has since moved on to national prominence with Good Morning America, and she has written a couple of books. And I read this book because I was familiar with her, and I heard about this book, and I thought it sounded interesting. And again, I feel like it was a very honest look at the imperfectness of life. This is what I wrote about that book. It says, This book surprised me with its depth and candor. I was first interested in this book because Ginger lived and worked in West Michigan for many years. I continued to read this book because it told an interesting and compelling story. As you read, you will root for Ginger. Perhaps the most interesting aspect of this book is the fact that Ginger had an abortion, and although she will not take a moral position... She admits that her baby was a baby and that she misses her. She believes it was a daughter. All the time. I was gratified that she was not in denial about this. I truly enjoy books that give insight into the human struggle. Once again, much like the first book I mentioned, this is a fairly short book that you can can read in a matter of very little time commitment. And yet it's written in a simple way that will make you think throughout. As I said, I really appreciated what she had to say about the abortion she had because she never says that it's wrong to have an abortion, but she does acknowledge that her baby was a baby. And I thought that that was very refreshing. And she also acknowledges that it has affected her from that day to this, that it's still affecting her, that it's something that she still thinks about, um, and it's still a part of her life. And so I hope that even as, in a sense, she didn't take a moral strong position on whether or not to have an abortion, hopefully her life experience kind of tells you that story in and of itself. And again, I liked the local connection to West Michigan that she had. And it's just so interesting to me to realize that no one's perfect. That even though she might have looked pretty good on the outside, you know, she has this prestigious job and this great career and and she has the accolades of being on television, she realized that there was a lot of emptiness there because she struggled with her self-identity. And I think everyone, to one degree or another, struggles with self-identity. And so it was really encouraging to me to know that if someone as successful as she is struggles, then it's okay for me to struggle and not be perfect as well. So I really appreciated this book again. Uh, not overtly Christian, um, but still one that I think you can benefit from and be blessed by. So I hope that you will uh, give it an opportunity in your reading list for this year. The third book that I want to share with you is a Christian book, and this one is very special to me. Uh, because I love Karen Kingsbury. This book is Just Once, 
And if you've been listening for any length of time, you know that I got an opportunity to interview Karen in November and I shared that interview on the podcast and we talked about this book because this was her newest book uh, going to publication this last November. And I got an opportunity to read an advanced copy of it thanks to Nat Galley. So many thanks to you, Nat Galley, for allowing me to read advanced copies of books. And this uh, book really was special for me um, because it was a book about the side character in one of my favorite uh, book universes. And Ervil was a character in the Baxter family books. Karen decided to go back and tell her story because in the Baxter family books, Ervil is someone in an old folks home suffering from Alzheimer's. And Karen decided to tell her story. And what's exciting about this is that it's a, a work of fiction that has all of the trademarks of a Karen Kingsbury novel, um, which include talking about Jesus unashamedly, uh, talking about love, family, and marriage unashamedly, and just being all around a feel-good book, but also having the historical fiction compartment of talking about the OSS, you know, spies in World War II, which she tells me in the interview that we did uh, was based on fact. And so that was very exciting. And here's what I wrote uh, back when I read that book. I wrote, as with so many other Karen Kingsbury titles, this book tells a riveting story that is moving on multiple levels. Some of the elements that you see here are a fight against the horrible disease of Alzheimer's, an intense love triangle between two brothers and the object of their affections, and a riveting historical fiction piece set in World War II. Ervil Holland is losing her mind and memories to Alzheimer's, so her husband Hank helps her record their love story on video so she can watch it every day and not forget. As the story unfolds in the pages of this book, you will see God's faithfulness through a love triangle war and a 50-year marriage. One very interesting aspect is that this story centers around a side character from the Baxter family books. I love the rich characters that Karen creates, and I love that her writing points people to the only one that can guide you through life's challenges, Jesus. Thanks to Nat Galley for this complimentary advanced copy. So that is my take on Just Once by Karen Kingsbury. Again, if you've never read her books, I would encourage you to do so. It's funny because the Baxter Family books were among the last books that I read when I started reading through her library uh, because I saw that Gary Smalley had a co-author credit and I knew that he wasn't a fiction writer. But basically what she did in the initial Baxter family books is take some of the relational principles that Gary had taught about for years and put them in a fictional story to teach lessons. And then after her career took off as a result of that partnership with Gary, then he took his name off the books 
for the future. And she's written 30 plus books about these characters now. So just an all around really good story about a guy in Gary Smalley who helped Karen uh, hit her stride as a writer. Again, if you want to know more insight about that, you can go back and listen to the interview. The next book I want to share with you is America by Tim Scott. Uh, Tim is a senator, and he is one of the few uh, black conservative voices in American politics today. And here's what I wrote about his book after I read it. This book was a very powerful look into Tim Scott's experiences as an American and, yes, as a black man in America. I truly appreciated the candor and honesty with which he told his story. Yes, there were ugly parts, and he is honest about the times that he has experienced racism in our country. The exciting thing about Tim, though, is that he does not blame the whole country for these incidents, and he does not embrace the victim mentality, which would say that because these things happen, he can't accomplish great things. Instead, he uses these events as motivation to become an even better man and to preserve an even better America for those who come behind him. He also shares the stories of many others who have overcome life's challenges and made a difference in this wonderful land of opportunity. I don't know what the future holds, but I would truly be honored if a man like him were to get into the White House. And to give a little bit of context, at the time that I read it, he was a candidate for president. He has since dropped out of the race for 2024, but I still think Tim Scott has done and will continue to do great things, and I know that he loves this country. So this book was very much a blessing to me and encouraged me to keep on fighting for this country. And that's incidentally why I do the Culture Watch podcast, because I feel like we need to fight for America and to return America to the blueprint upon which it's based, which is the Word of God. The final book that I want to share with you today is Being Henry by Henry Winkler. And I have to say how pleasantly I was surprised by this book. I was excited to read it because I like Henry Winkler as an author, um, but I didn't expect to like him as a person as much as I did at the end of this book. Here's what I wrote on Goodreads for this title. I've always felt that there was a certain folksy charm to Henry Winkler. This book brought that out in spades. I appreciated the honesty and candor with which he shared his struggles in life and in acting. He seems like the rare down-to-earth celebrity that you would actually want to spend time with in person. I also really appreciated the stories about his family. It is evident that they mean a great deal to him and that despite being one of the most recognized names in Hollywood, he wants nothing more than to be known as a great husband, father, and grandfather. I highly recommend this book. Thanks to Nat Galley for the complimentary advanced copy of the audiobook read by Henry Winkler. So in this book, Henry Winkler talks about his childhood and some of the escapades that he got involved in um, as a child and as a student in high school. And then he talks about getting into acting and how he lacked confidence and how he had to learn how to be confident 
and how even at the height of his success, there were certain things about which he was not that confident. He also talked about the feast and famine nature of Hollywood, how sometimes you're working a lot and you feel like you're on top of the world and then you're having a hard time finding roles and that it's important to find your identity in something else. And this is another one of those books that is not Christian. Henry Winkler is Jewish um, and to my knowledge does not know the Lord Jesus. But I still uh, felt like this was a very um, interesting book and very encouraging to me. And I think that you will appreciate it. One of the things I most loved about this book was when he talked about his marriage. He has a marriage um, that is over 40 plus years. And in the Hollywood community, that's a big deal. And he talks about how much he loves his wife and children. And so I just really liked um, the book. And again, it's another short but good book. Um, I think that was one thing that I have noticed is that some of the best books are not long tomes. As a bit of a bonus, um, I will say that I read a book called Watergate, A New History, which if you're into history and you want to learn more about Watergate, it could be a good book for you to consider and think about. But it was very long. It was the longest book I read in 2023. It was over 800 pages. And um, so it took me uh, literally, I think, more than two months to get through it um, because it was not something where it was a page turner where you could do 20 or 30 pages in a sitting, which is typically the kind of book that I like to read. But it was very informative, very well written, and for the subject matter and for the fact that it was a history, I thought it was very engagingly written because I've definitely read some dry histories. So Watergate, A New History, is a bonus uh, that you can check out if you want to read something a little bit more challenging. Well, that is my list for 2023 of some of the best books that I read. I hope that uh, this list was a blessing to you and that you will consider uh, reading these books and enjoying them, especially as we are in the midst of winter. I know here in the Midwest, particularly in West Michigan, we are experiencing an unseasonable warm-up, which I'm very thankful for. But I have to remind myself that it is still February, and so we still do have some cold weather coming. And so this is the perfect time of year to get a hot cup of tea and find your favorite corner and curl up with a good book. If you don't have time to read physical books, or like me, it's not very convenient for you often to read the physical book, one thing that has helped me is Overdrive from my local library. Overdrive allows you to download complete and unabridged audiobooks directly from the library, and you never have to worry about returning them because as soon as they are due, they go right back to the library with no return. 
needed. And in full disclosure, I would say that 90% of the reading that I do um, is now audiobooks and mostly from Overdrive. Overdrive also has ebooks, which I have started to take advantage of as well because you can read an ebook when you're in the car with others without disturbing them or wearing earbuds. So that's my take on my reading for 2023. My reading is already off to a strong start in 2024. So please let me know what it is that you are reading and what you think maybe I should add to my list this year. And now I just want to encourage you to have a wonderful week and to keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 